This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back, Five on Three, WFUV's NHL podcast here the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We are finally going home after this, and we are three dudes who had a busy weekend as well, so I know... We are pretty tired and ready to go home. Tyler Mooney, Thomas Quigley here on Chris Hennessy, and we were all in the buildings this weekend. It was a heck of a weekend for us, Ty. And Quigs, you saw the biggest win of the Rangers, most exciting win at least of the Rangers season so far. It had to be. Although I've been uh, I've been kind of blessed getting these these games recently. I know Colin's been going to most of the games thus far, but I've gotten two back to back absolute thrillers on the last two Sunday nights uh, against the Devils, and then against the Sabers, and it really. Uh, Really made my day because I've become a little bit of a Buffalo sports hater. So, <laughs> yeah, that that game looked incredible, Quigs, and a little bit rougher on our side, Chris, for the two Islander games this weekend. But still, at least I was only at the game on Saturday, the opening of UBS. But that was an incredible atmosphere and an incredible time. So I'm happy we got to go to that. Yeah, we'll start with that just because it's you know the new building. I I was, you know, I had seen all the pictures and all the images and videos you could possibly see, and I was. Still so happy to be there and just an incredible building that, you know, I'm so happy is that of the Islanders. You know, it's um, it's been a long six years here of trying to find a permanent home. Um, they hadn't had one uh, for since they left the Coliseum in 2015 and uh, they finally have one now. And I, you know, I had seen the picture, so I knew what it was going to look like for me personally. I was more excited, honestly, to hear UBS Arena and hear how loud the fans were going to be and hear the low ceiling and the impact that had on it and I think it was louder than any barn game I ever was at that it that the roar when the Nelson goal first went in and then was confirmed was un- I mean there was no roar for the Leafs Leafs game because they didn't score but unbelievable yeah that that was a crazy atmosphere and you said it, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I did the complete opposite. You, I like did not look up much about it after or beforehand. I didn't really look at many pictures. I kind of wanted to just be like surprised and take it all in for the first time when we got there. And it was everything that I could have imagined and more. I mean, complete state of the art facilities. At least the concourse outside the stadiums. It was packed in there, and there was definitely not the you know narrow traffic jam hallways that we saw at the Coliseum. So we didn't get to try big chicken, unfortunately. Yeah, no. We Line was completely insane. Ridiculous. What is Big Chicken? You Oh, you weren't here. So Shaq's yeah. Big Chicken is the Shaquille O'Neal-owned chicken restaurant in the south, mm-hmm. and their northernmost location is inside UBS. Wow. They have an Islander-themed sandwich. It's a blue and orange dyed bagel with cream cheese, blue cheese, buffalo chicken. It looks incredible. People have said it's very good. I've heard all but good things, or all good things, I should say. Um, and we went. We were going to go try it and do like a review video and p- try to get it out before the game. Um and it was in section 206, and the line ended in section 204. Oh wow! It was, yeah, it was long. all the way like it was around the circle, and we were like, "We're not going to." This get was that at like drop. this was at like six too. Like yeah, maybe six ten or yeah. It was it was crazy, but yeah, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. We were talking about it in the middle of the game, how the acoustics of the building were just insane. I mean, and yeah, even though it wasn't a great game for the Islanders, they, they were definitely struggling to put pucks behind the net when they did score those two Nelson goals, especially in that third period when they were pressing, trying to get that tying goal. The building was absolutely alive. So that's going to be a great atmosphere, especially if the Islanders can kind of turn this around and start getting some more wins. I think that building is going to be one of the toughest places to play in. 
since we last spoke, it's been the week from hell for the Islanders. They've lost every single game they've played. It's six in a row now. They have six guys in COVID protocol. It's Ross Johnston, uh, Anders Lee. I'm trying to do this from memory, so if I miss one, forgive me. Anders Lee, Adam Pellick, Kiefer Bellows, um, Andy Green, and somebody else. Um, it'll come to me. But Anthony Beauvillier was in. He was a false positive for him. He was end up ended up playing in the Toronto game. Brock Nelson gets hurt in the Toronto game. We obviously know Ryan Pulak is out. Um, so it's been a complete disaster. Uh, but I would say, Tyler, that Robin Solo has been the lone shining star of the last couple of days. I've been really impressed with him. Uh, the young guy, the young Swedish defenseman. Um, and, you know, we have the two young Russian goalies on either team, Sorokin and Shesterkin. Now we're going to have the two young Swedish defensemen in Salo and Lundqvist um, going at it as well. So... I was super impressed uh, with his just he was very calm with the puck. He was steady in the defensive zone. Um, super impressed. Yes, I was very impressed with him on, on Saturday night. You definitely could not have guessed that this was his first NHL game. He looked like he absolutely belonged there. He's very calm with the puck, very composed, play, getting some power play time. He looked very comfortable on the power play, and they're going to need that from him because you said it, the injuries to Pulak – Pelix out now in COVID protocol, and they're coming into a massive week here. And they're really, these injuries and this COVID situation is coming at the absolute worst time for the Islanders because they have these four divisional games we've been talking about, two of which are against the Rangers. So they're going to need every single player to help out and try and get these wins as possible. And for a guy like Robin Sal to be able to come in and not really get the dip in play, I know the Islanders' defense hasn't been great this year, at least not up to the standards that we would expect from them. But to see that he came in, and a guy like Grant Hutton as well, where there wasn't really a dip in the play, they were able to jump in and look like they belonged. That's huge for the Islanders. Definitely, and um, yeah, I, the one I was missing was Josh Bailey, who's stuck in Florida. He was the first guy. I guess that's why I didn't, because he was never going to play. But Quigsley, did you watch the game on Saturday night? What were your thoughts? And I know you're at the game on Sunday, so you didn't catch that one. I can't say I watched the game Saturday night. I, uh, I got what was I doing Saturday night? Something I was probably catching up on sleep from uh, the. The deprivation of the night before, uh, <laughs> and then coming in, surprisedly, and going on air um, yes, the we'll, next we'll day. Talk about that too. But I definitely saw it, um, a lot of the the highlights on social media, especially the national anthem, of course, which was one of the coolest things um, probably that I've seen in a while. At least uh, I've never seen that out of a, an opening uh, of a new arena where yes. like the entire crowd. And I guess that's already been an Islanders thing throughout the playoffs last year where the crowd just completely took over the national anthem. But that was really cool, especially because, you know, there's 4,000 more fans out there. So it's just such a louder sound, even if it is not as narrow or as, like, you know, fans right on top of each other as it was at the barn. Uh, it really was a, a very loud scene, even just from the videos. So I, I can't imagine what it was like being there in person. It was very cool, and I was on any, any of the playoff games, so this was the first time I had heard that in person. And... Yeah, it went viral again. It was very, very cool. And um, Nicole Raviv is the was the anthem singer. She's actually leaving to go on tour, and they introduced the new anthem singer during the Toronto game, and she said that it's going to be like this big tradition. So I guess we can expect that going forward uh, tomorrow night. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a tough go of it for the Islanders. They're in last place in the Metropolitan Division. I really don't have much else to say, honestly. It's been a fr- – I, I said it in my, my recap. It's been such a frustrating week. I I I don't even know like how to quantify it at some point. Yeah, I believe it was I believe it was Matt Martin. I was reading your tweets from the post game press conference, and he said, you know, something along the lines of, yeah, it's not time to you know necessarily panic now, but 
if we keep playing like this, I believe he said like the runway is getting it can get short really. I think quick. that was Trot who okay. said that, and okay. then Martin was like, "So well, I'm combining like, the two. Like, I'm <laughs> combining the two, but yeah, yeah like that. I mean, that's a that's a great point by both of those men right there. Like, it is still early in the season, but if the Islanders and they're a shorthanded team right now, God forbid they go out and they say they lose or they lose two to the Rangers and then they lose another game to either Philly or Pittsburgh, you'd be looking at a serious hole right now. I mean, they're only seven points out of the wild card right now, so if you get hot, you win four or five games in a row, all of a sudden you're right back in it. But in terms of getting the top three spot in the division, that could quickly fall out of their grasp, and it is quickly falling out of their grasp if they don't find a way to turn this around quickly. And one thing about having played no home games is they haven't burned their teams, their games against bad teams because, like, the Canadians, the Senators, the, obviously the Sabres have been pretty good, but they haven't played the Sabres at all. Uh, so they have ga- they had the games against the bad teams still coming. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they played in Montreal um, already, but that was pretty much it. Their, their schedule early. Uh, they played in Nashville as well. Um, but their games against the bad teams are still coming. Arizona they played as well. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how they handle this. Um there's been no COVID positive so far today or yesterday. Um, practice was pushed back from 10.30 this morning to 1 p.m. So we're recording this at about 10.50 in the morning on Tuesday. Uh, so by the time you hear this, you might have more information than we do at this point. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly an ongoing situation with them. We'll see if tomorrow's game uh, even happens, to be perfectly honest. It could, you know, there could be three more positive tests today and the game gets uh, postponed. So, we will have to see. Um, speaking of the Rangers, uh, that's who the Islanders sh- might play tomorrow. Uh, and their hottest can be they win a game in against Buffalo that was back and forth, crazy game. Then the third period really slowed down. With four-tenths of a second left, Ryan Lindgren pots one, and the Rangers steal two points. Um, the storyline from this one, though, Ryan Lindgren takes away the storyline because otherwise it would have been Alex Georgiev can't finish a game against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so although, uh, as great as the Ryan Lindgren game was, and I know I keep harping on the negatives with the Rangers, and I don't even really mean to do that. It's just at this point you have to have a serious conversation about Alex Georgiev, I think. Yeah, it, it seemed like he had sort of a bounce-back game against the Devils last weekend. Um, obviously he let in, I think it was four goals total, but you know that shootout, he looked really good, uh, pushing it to seven rounds, and he was spotless in overtime. Um, but... This game, yeah, in the second period, really kind of collapsed in that in that eighty second stretch where there were four different goals, two for each team. Um, right after his team gets their first lead of the game, he lets two very you know stoppable pucks into the net, uh, both from the point. I'm pretty sure all of Buffalo's goals were for at least the majority of them were from the point, and you know you could blame that on defense, like not you know getting enough bodies in front of the net, but. These are stops that Shusterkin's making right now, and there's just not really much of an argument to be starting Georgiev on a Sunday where, like, maybe, you, like, in years past when Georgiev has been playing at the level or close to the level as his starters, um, you throw him in, and it's still, you know, it's not a guaranteed win, and he's it's not as comfortable as you feel with your starter out there, but it's, it's a good day for, you know, or a good idea to rest your goalie occasionally and not really have to worry about the guy that you're putting in the net um to back him up and that's not really happening right now with Georgiev he's what like one in three now one in four yeah, um, so. Like that, yeah. so I think I think he's two and three so well no two and two because he got taken out of this game but regardless 
you saw the 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 huge disparity between him and Shesterkin. Shesterkin comes in for the third period, only faced four shots, but didn't let a single one in, and um, that kind of really changed the tides of that game. I know there was there wasn't another goal in that third period till 0.4 seconds left, but the Rangers kind of had that game that entire period um, on, on lock. I mean, they they were dominating possession and completely on the shot clock, and uh, you know sometimes like a move like that can kind of just jumpstart anything on the team. It doesn't have to be just with the goaltending. So um, I think the Rangers responded to that. Uh, and it, it's worrisome to see Georgiev str- continue to struggle because now we're, you know, five starts in and he's not looking like he's improving much. Yeah, I thought the Rangers were definitely the better team in that game. So it is an unlucky break for the Sabres in the sense that, like, yeah, the Rangers did technically steal two points they scored 0.4 seconds left but if you looked at the way the game was played and just the flow and you mentioned the shot total the Rangers deserved to win that game in regulation and as, in terms of Alex Georgiev yeah I mean it, it's definitely been a struggle for him I'm wondering if we'd maybe even see Keith Kincaid come up from Hartford soon because it's not like the Rangers are this organization that's completely bare with goaltending talent they have Kincaid in the minors who at least last year, it looked like he could serve as a pretty serviceable NHL backup. They have Adam Huska and Tyler Wall. I don't think that either of them are necessarily ready to be backups yet, but maybe in a year or two they could be. So it's not like there's this pressure, I'd say, to, that you have to keep Alex Georgiev around and he has to become you know, the backup of the future. So, I mean, I don't know if that means he's a potential trade piece later in the season. I know the goalie market is probably going to be pretty crazy this year. Who knows? Maybe just a change of scenery for him will work things out. But uh, it's definitely a big concern because if you want to make a deep playoff run, if you're looking at this team and thinking, you know, four or five months down the line, yeah, Shesterkin's playing great right now, but you can't have him playing 55, 60 games. I mean, ideally, I feel like you'd want him playing around 50, maybe even a little bit less than that if you can get the Alex Georgiev of old back. So the Rangers absolutely need to figure out this backup goalie situation because trotting Georgiev out there right now, I just, as, as just a fan watching the game, I really have no confidence in him right now. And I, unfortunately, I feel like he might not have much confidence in himself either. Yeah, that 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 is what's concerning for me because this is a guy who is supposed to be the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist. Igor Shesterkin kind of comes in and steals his thunder and all of a sudden he can't be the backup goalie. He was a fantastic backup goalie in, in Hank's last two seasons um, as the starter, and then he's really fallen off. I, I don't know what you're going to get from him as a as a trade piece right now, um, and I would honestly not be surprised if the Rangers make a trade for a goaltender at the deadline. I think that that's a huge need for them um, as a, to get a backup goalie, and I do think they would try Keith Kincaid out first, though. I think that that's certainly what's going to come first. Obviously, we have three months till the deadline, so that's a long way from now. They'll try Kincaid first. That's not going to work. If it does work, great. If it doesn't, then I would say, you know, I think you got to go and try to test the market because this team, you know, as great as Shesterkin is, the only guy recently, well, I guess Bennington did it too. So each of the last three Stanley Cup champions really have had a goalie kind of carry them in that sense. Uh, Vasilevsky obviously doing it twice, but Vasilevsky's on a different level, and Shesterkin's so young, he has gotten hurt a couple times. You don't want to wear his body down uh, if this team's going to try to make a run. So I would say a trade is kind of in in the in the balance. I don't, I can't right now speculate on who that would be because there's a lot of teams that we thought were going to be bad that have been pretty good. So excuse me, I don't know um, who's exactly going to be se- sellers at the deadline. It'll be very interesting. 
to see come February. Um, yeah, I, I mean the Rangers they have a, a good they have a tough week as well. They have the Islanders obviously. Uh, they play the Bruins in the primetime game on Friday, uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, and then they have the Islanders again at the Garden. Uh, so it's a big week for them. Um, and I honestly at this point, Shesterkin should start all three of those. None of them are back to back. There's not a ton of travel. It's UBS, the Garden, and TD Garden. So it's not you know a ton of travel. Um, and I think that, you know, Giorgio's probably going to be on the bench for a little while. They don't have a back-to-back until the end of next week. They have San Jose on Friday the 3rd and Chicago on Saturday the 4th, both at home. So I would ex- certainly expect to see Georgiev in one of those, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the pine until then because there's no no reason to play him at this point. So it's been very interesting. And um, But they have responded well to the Sammy Blay injury, I think. I think that I've certainly been pleasantly surprised how the forward core has responded to that. Yeah, I mean, you saw a ton of offense from a team that's not necessarily been, um, you know, skating along on their offensive play throughout the season, even though they're winning these games, uh, especially in that second period, the way that they bounced back from, you know, taking a lead and then immediately losing it and then going down 3-2. Uh, right after that, you see a, a, a phenomenal uh, point shot from Keandre Miller to tie up the game and I mean, you're getting you're getting offensive production from the defense right now. Um, even Jacob Truba had a goal on Sunday, and you know, in the post game, he was basically telling us, you know, I don't measure my game at all in in, in points and goals and assists. Um, but you know, if that's coming, you know, so be it. Um, but you know, when you have your defenseman kind of taking the load off of of the forwards, it it can probably help a ton with you know the confidence. Um, for your your forwards, especially when you're when you're down a guy, um, Capo Caco, man, he's he's completely. I mean, I don't want to like. We saw him kind of like start to get going at the end of last season. We we're like, all right, Capo Caco might be turning into the player that we thought he would be. Right now, in this past five games, he's or in the past four games alone, he has five points. He had a goal on Sunday night. Uh, he had a goal against Montreal and against the Devils last Sunday. Um, his goal la- or on Sunday night was was beautiful. Just mm-hmm. stop, or I mean, right in front of the net, little stick handle, and and goes top left. Uh, and this is the player that w- we thought we were gonna get um, out of that 2019 draft, and it's really starting to see, like, starting to look like he's becoming, you know, a, a formidable, you know, lineman in in a in a league with you know a lot <laughs> of that. So, yeah, I I think with him it was definitely. Like okay, he literally just needs to get one point, and then it'll it'll get Completely. going. I, I, he definitely started the season poorly. He was not playing well at all. But even the last few games of when he still didn't have a point, he was he was starting to look really good. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, okay, it's only a matter of time. I think he had like a beautiful assist to Panarin that ended up getting disallowed. Like it, it was like okay, he's once he breaks through and gets that first point or that first goal, he's gonna absolutely be fine and that's what happened he, he got an assist and then he scored later that game and yeah now he's got five points in his last four games and he's been one of the Rangers best forwards and that's what they absolutely need uh Philip Hedl's also been really good too since he came back so we talked about you know how the Rangers need these young guys to step up and they need that even more now with a guy like Sammy Blay out and so to see Kako and Hedl specifically really take that step and look not only like they belong, but look like they can be potential game changers. That's something that the Rangers absolutely need from those two guys going forward, not just this year, but for 
you know, this future window. If they want to win a Stanley Cup, those two guys are going to be huge pieces. So it's really good to see them playing the way that they're playing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you certainly hope that that's the step Lafreniere is going to take as well, mm-hmm. uh, the step that Kako has taken in the past couple of weeks. Um, that That's the hope with these number one overall picks, that they're kind of going to be the catalyst of this team. And Kako, and I'm, again, not trying to take anything away from him, benefiting tremendously from playing, playing with Artemi Panarin. I think there's no doubt about that. Anybody would, mm-hmm. um, and he is certainly benefiting tremendously from that. We talked about that at length last year as well uh, with some of the players they put with Panarin. Uh, we'll flip over to the de- – uh, Rangers are in third place, by the way, right now. They are doing very, very well and uh, just behind Washington and Carolina in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, we'll flip over to New Jersey, but we're going to stay off the ice. They have been playing very well. They've Broke Tampa's point streak. They did lose to Florida on, um, I think it was uh, Friday night. Um, but they did break Tampa's point streak on Saturday afternoon. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk <laughs> about um, these jerseys. These uh, third alternate jerseys were uh, leaked on Saturday afternoon, just as we were uh, on our way to the game. And Tyler and I had a conversation about them then. And then I was like, oh, you know, maybe they're fake. Maybe they're not. Uh, released this morning that they were not fake. They are real. Uh, and they <laughs> are bad. Um, it's uh, it's a black jersey with some weird striping on the side of them, and just the word jersey in like a white and red kind of script. I actually like that it just says jersey. I know people are making fun of them, like, oh, why don't you just put pants on the pants? Like, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> funny, but like, you know, whole thing. But I I kind of like that because uh, it's a different kind of vibe than they've usually had. The part I hate is that it's just black and white. They just forgot about the rest of the jersey besides the word. Jersey, mm. if you're doing the jersey counter, it's a lot right now. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it was they were very ugly and they kind of um, they made some uh, noise uh, on Saturday, and then uh, it gets released today that they were designed by none other than Martin Brodeur because he knows a lot about fashion. So <laughs> this was very interesting to me. Also, they had Patrick Warburton do the do the voiceover because he's. David Putty and Seinfeld, the crazy guy, the crazy Devils fan. Um, got a sports team. I, he's from Jersey. <laughs> so I was texting Jack, and I was like, he's like the 12th most famous New Jersey. And, like, they couldn't get somebody more famous than him. He's like, yeah, but, like, he's David Putty. Like, he's the Devils fan. I was like, so what? Like, come he's on. David like, Putty. I mean, everybody, everybody loves Seinfeld. Especially Tyler's, in, Tyler's never watched Seinfeld. I could tell. I've he's, never he's, watched like, he's looking at us like, <laughs> well, what are you guys well, talking about? Patrick Warburton's Joe Swanson. For I've, I've seen the okay. clips. Yeah, I know. Like, I can picture him in my head. I just okay. i have never seen the show. Um yeah, but so basically the premise <laughs> is he's an on again, off again boyfriend of Julia Louis Dreyfus, okay. and he's an insane Devils fan. Like he paints his face, yes, he wears I've seen the jersey. That. Okay. Yeah, so that that's who it is. Um, and I mean the reveal was ridiculous. Um, and they're just really ugly. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Uh, yeah. Well, so I co- I covered the Devils two years ago. I remember just like being in that. Uh, you know, I I, I was never really closely following the devils until that um i mean i still don't really closely follow the devils but uh that's neither here nor there the um the main gripe that fans have had about like their jerseys is that they've never had a black jersey which is interesting because it's one of their primary colors basically red and black is their color scheme and the fact that they've never had a black jersey is kind of wild until this one but i don't think this is what they were asking for they wanted you know i think it would look really cool if they could get you know, just the normal Devils logo over a black jersey, I feel like that would just be a really good look. But this, they really missed the mark. And and my biggest gripe is these stripes. The stripes the are stripes so are bad. really bad. There's so many of them. 
There's 21 of them for each county in New Jersey. It's too many stripes. Right. And it's and it's a um I guess it's a subtle nod to the the, the old teams of Newark of past, you know, history, past history. That's that's the thing. Um but no. Uh, they really, they really botched it. I don't know why you would ever want five lines on an elbow. It's just, it's just way too much. And, um, yeah, the fact that they only have red in the numbering and, and the word Jersey, I don't mind the Jersey as much, like literal, the word Jersey. I don't (laughs) mind that. But, um, the fact that they just used red sparingly in the entire Jersey is weird. Um, and also one thing I do like about it is, is it's got the, uh, the strings at the top. Uh, or the laces, they never have those on any any Devils jerseys. The first one, I believe. So um, I think that's kind of cool. But really, it it it's not a good jersey. Yeah, you guys uh, said <laughs> it pretty well. The Devils they had those really amazing reverse retros. So I feel like one if of you the best. Continue Probably. to put out these alternate jerseys. You're you're bound to just miss one, and I think this is the one they missed. Apparently, this is their first ever alternate jersey besides last year, which isn't really even technically an alternate. It was like a a throwback. Yeah. Um I don't know. Like I just I don't like it. My my connection was the Spider-Man pointing meme with that and the old the first Islander black jerseys which were just black and gray and, and orange just said Islanders across them. They were hideous. <laughs> I still see them around the col or not the Coliseum. UBS Arena, also Coliseum. Um and I'm like, why? Why did you buy that jersey? Like, <laughs> like, what was like the purpose? And I would say the same thing to somebody. Like, I live with Mike Legan, who's a Devils, like a kind of a pseudo Devils fan, but he's a big Jersey guy, um, New Jersey, not sports jersey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not getting that. Like, I have a Nico Hishio jersey, and I'm good for the rest. Like, I'm I'm good. Like, I don't yeah. need another one. Like, I'm good. Um, this is just it doesn't move the needle. It it's really bad. And um, having a guy <laughs> having a goalie design, it's just I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, it was just very, very weird. Um, yeah, that that's about all I have to say about it. It's it's not good. It's not good. And if they try to do, if they bring Patrick Warburton on and they like his the face paint is red and green. So yeah. They're gonna fa- paint his face red and green. He's just wearing a black jersey. Like, that's <laughs> not gonna make any sense. Yeah. Um, I'm also just not a fan of black jerseys in general. Like Ty, as an Eagles fan, are you a fan of those black? Uh, so I like I, those. I like. I think I just don't think black jerseys look good on like a football team. Or uh, uh, I think they do look good on a football team. Uh-huh. But that's like about it. I like the Eagles ones. Like Obviously, that. the Ravens. Those their primary colors are purple and black. I like those, but yeah, on a hockey, I can't yeah. really think of a black hockey jersey that I liked. I know the Blackhawks had one. Oh, those were I so bad. Yeah, those, those were one of the worst. Either. The uh, the Kraken, like their their blue is so close to black. They're like yeah, basically black, and and those look good. I, I, at I least like, their home I ones. Like I really those. like their home jerseys. I do like those as well. Um, but yeah, tough tough look for the Devils, but not on the ice. Again, they're they're playing really really well and. Sounds like Jack Hughes is progressing. He was at practice in a non-contact jersey, so it looks like he is rehabbing that shoulder and should be back in that five-week time frame, which is good because uh, that's that's certainly a guy that can shoot this team up to standing single-handedly, and we've seen that uh, in the past. Um, so that's that's what we've got in terms of content today, but we're going to play a little game. <laughs> and Quiggs and Tyler are already mad at me. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was like, oh, why don't we do something fun for the last episode before Thanksgiving? And the in the first episode before the first Islander Ranger game of the year, um, and the first Islander Ranger game at the new arena. Why don't we have like a little Islanders Rangers all time series quiz quiz sh- quiz show? Quiggs is already Quiggs is so mad at me. I told him about this about about twelve hours ago. He exposed like, me on on air. He's like, please don't do that. I was like, you're gonna make me want to do it more. It's like. 
So I have some of them are preposterously hard, and I do apologize. <laughs> some of them are not hard at all. Um, so we'll start. We'll start with an easy one. Are you ready? Yeah. This one's easy. I promise. Only one player playing in tomorrow's game has played for both teams. Okay. Should we? I, mean, I know who it is. Then he, he Ryan, no, Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom is correct. Ding ding. I couldn't find a good ding sound, so I'll just. All right. Ding let's sound. go. To one point for Tyler. <laughs> What goaltender did the Islanders draft the same year the Rangers drafted Henrik Lundqvist? DiPietro. Rick DiPietro <laughs> is correct. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist was drafted in the sixth round, I think, and Rick DiPietro drafted number one overall in the year 2000. I probably wouldn't have known that unless I lived really close to Webster Bank Arena, which I kind of do. <laughs> you do live very close to Webster Bank Arena. That is true. Uh, among the players who have played for both teams, who has the most combined points in their seasons with both with both teams? Like, so that you add their Islanders points okay. and their Rangers points, and this one player has the most. You um, can ask for a hint on any of them, by the way. Um, okay, I have a guess, but I don't know if this guy played for both teams, and this would be really embarrassing if he didn't play for both teams. Um, is it Pat Lafontaine? Pat Lafontaine played for one season with the Rangers. Almost all of his points comes for, come from his time with the Islanders, uh, but he is number one. There's certainly players who have played more seasons for the Rangers or the other way around. So, uh, but Pat Lafontaine, the uh, the answer there. Two former captains in the rivalry rivalry are current general managers in the league. You get one point if you for each one you name. Chris Jury. Chris Jury is correct. I'm not going to get that. You want a hint? He was an Islanders captain in all of our lifetimes. Yeah. Bill Guerin. Oh. I forgot he was on the Islanders. He was. He was the captain of the Islanders, obviously. One former Islander went on to coach the Rangers, and one former Ranger went on to coach the Islanders. You get a point for each one. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The coach of the Rangers has his number in the rafters of UBS Arena. And um, the coach of the Rangers, nope, the coach of the Islanders was also the captain of the Islanders. And this guy was wait. He so played for the Rangers, okay, was the captain of the Islanders, and coached the okay. Islanders. I'm, <laughs> it's not Potvin. <laughs> no, it's not that it's Potvin. Nope, that would have been interesting. Uh, who coached for the Islanders that? Or for the Rangers, that's retired and that's the Islanders. Was um, Trotche a coach? Brian Trotche okay. was the coach okay. of the Rangers for one horrible season. Okay. And this, I don't think we'll get the other one. Uh, he was He's the most recent coach of the Islanders. Oh. That, that's ja- not the active coach. That's Jack not Capuano? Nope. Wait. Between the two of them. Who was... He also won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes. Right. Doug Waite. Doug Waite. Well, nothing. He was a kid. He was gone for like a year. I and completely half. forgot about him. I did not know he played for the Rangers. I would have gotten that one wrong as well. Uh, okay, the Islanders went to five consecutive Stanley Cup finals in the, from 1980 to 1984. And how many of those seasons did they beat the Rangers on their way to the Stanley Cup final? Okay, I could just throw a number out there, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try and make it. I think it's. I think it's three. Final answer. Final answer. It's four. Wow. They won three cup three cup runs, but then the last okay. one when they uh, lost the Oilers, they also went. Tyler's winning three to two. How many questions do we have left? Uh, you have four questions left, but one you, there's like seven answers to. So you got, you got plenty, <laughs> okay. plenty, plenty, okay. plenty of time. Okay, Quiggs is still alive. Quiggs is very much still alive. You get one point if you can. One point for each goal scorer in the Islanders Rangers outdoor game. There are three goal scorers. You'll get one point if you can name. Okay. 
Dan Carcillo. Correct. I think that might be. Uh, the Rangers won the game 2-1. to one. Yes. What year was this? 2014. Ah, uh, it's the stadium series. Stadium series. Yankee Stadium. The Ranger no longer plays for the Rangers. What was the score of the game? 2-1. Two 2-1 to one. Two one Rangers. So you have one okay. for each. So, so Carcillo was a Ranger score. Carcillo so had have... the game-winning goal. There was one current Islander scored and one former Ranger. Current Islander. Current Islander. So there's got. I mean, there's not many guesses. Uh, was it Bailey? No, not Josh Bailey. So Lee? Nope. Just keep guessing. There's forward. no. I mean, there's no way Brock Nelson. Was it was Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson. Oh, okay. Nelson. So then, who was? Was Zuccarello the Rangers goal? It was not. It was not Matt Zuccarello. Uh, nope. This guy was definitely from Quebec. Like the most Quebec name of all time. Benoit Pouliot. Benoit Pouliot is wow. correct. <laughs> wow. I have not said that name yeah. since probably 2014. All right. This this one's impossible. <laughs> the chances you get all seven are legitimately impossible. If you, you'll each get, you'll get one point for every member of the 1980 Olympic team who was ever associated with either team. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Um, Al Michaels. Al that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, Ruzioni. Nope. No. What? Mike Ruzioni didn't play for the Rangers. I thought he was. Unless he for, did, and I then he, he there's eight. A, there's I eight answers. He was an Islander. Oh, he definitely was not. An oh. I don't even think he played in the NHL. Oh, I think he did for like. Yeah, I think he played like a, like maybe like. One I thought. Time. Yeah, I thought he did get an NHL stint. Well, I'll look that up. You I don't. Know. I mean, that's like yeah. the. That's like one I'm of the only names I know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really. <laughs> I'm know. gonna be honest. You have no idea. Not extremely yeah. familiar with the names. Yeah. Although right. Herb Brooks was the coach of the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was. He was the coach of the Rangers. Oh, he was. And Craig Patrick, who was the assistant coach, I think was the general manager or the assistant general manager, and uh, he brought in a ton of guys from the team. So that's where a bunch of the answers come from. These uh, are the ones you were never gonna get. Rob McClanahan, Mark Pavlich, Dave Silkin, Bill Baker, all played for the Rangers. And then Ken Morrow played for the Islanders. Okay. Oh, for seven. I've heard of Pavlich and Morrow, and yeah, okay. I thought for sure you guys were going to get Herb Brooks at least. Just, just I was a guess. Players. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I was, why I said associated. Yeah. Eh, Should have listened to the suck. question more All than right. that. Uh, What's the score right now? One, two, three, five. It's five to three, and there's three points left on the board. Five on okay, three. so Quiggs needs to. <laughs> so Quiggs needs to sleep. There's no way. In the final two questions. <laughs> um. The Potvin Sucks chant has perpetuated the Garden for years incorrectly, but we can get into that. Who is the player injured in the hit that sparked the chant? Ugh. No chance. <laughs> I know it. You know it's it? Ulf Nielsen. Ulf Nielsen is correct. Tyler <laughs> wins the game. Ding, 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 with seven of the 23 points. Correct. The last one is when was the last time the Islanders, Rangers, Islanders and Rangers played in the playoffs for one point, and if you can get the series score and winner, you'll get another point. I know they played in 1994. Is that the most recent? Is that the most recent? I wow. do not remember what the score was. I'll take a guess though. I'll say it was. I'll say it was five games. It was a sweep. Oh, so you get a point. Uh, Tyler wins in a in a in a runaway. You guys sucked tough. at that. Yeah. Tough. Honestly, I that was I was better at that than I thought I'd be. <laughs> that was. It, take away the Olympic question, and then that was like. Well, a, I, I, the only good, reason I put it in was because Herb Brooks was the coach yeah. of the Rangers, and right. I was like, oh well, we like, probably should have got probably that. should have gotten that, and then I don't know. You could have just thrown some names out there and just. Hoped saw what stick, but no, yeah. he did not. It's been too long since I watched Miracle. It's been too well, long. That, that's that's the problem. Then my true false was there was a former Islander on the gold medal winning Sweden team, backstopped by Henrik Lundqvist. That was uh, a tiebreaker question. If you guys uh, were tied, 
Just in case. <laughs> that was just in case. Just in case it was tied <laughs> was at zero. Was there? It was. Kenny Johnson was on the was on the team, but he wasn't on the Islanders uh. at the time. But he was on the team. Um, so that's that's how we're gonna kick off uh, Islanders Rangers season. They play twice this week um, in games that should be fun if they happen. Again, we don't really know at this juncture if they're going to happen with the Islanders COVID situation. Um, but uh, we are we are headed out for Thanksgiving. Tyler said he loves turkey, and that's what he's most excited for. Turkey and the mashed potatoes. And the mashed potatoes. I'm a stuffing guy myself. I like stuffing. I like uh, I like pumpkin pie. Oh, pumpkin um, pie, classic. And uh, you know, sometimes you, you throw a little mac and cheese in there. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That that's a move. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's that's a Thanksgiving. A move and of course, delight. watching the Cowboys lose. That's what we all. Oh, yes. yeah, I'll, I'll and of course the Lions. <laughs> I <laughs> hope I'll be cheering for the Lions. <laughs> the I Lions mean, are uh, playing yeah. the Bears. They they're could winless, win. and they're playing. They but they have win. they don't even have Goff, dude. Oh, it's gonna be really? so. Yeah, have Goff. Oh, never never it's mind. Gonna, it's that's gonna be, be one of the worst like, Thanksgiving. It's gotta games, be one of the worst. It's gotta be one of the worst of all time. Well, there was the David Blau game two years ago. Remember that when Stafford was hurt and the backup was David Blau, and he went off on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that should be fun, but. Uh, Thursday will be a good day. We'll be back next week. We're not going to miss a week with the break. Uh, we'll be back next week to go down to break down both Islander Ranger games uh, and a whole lot more. Uh, so are you going to the game on Sunday, Tyler? Officially? I believe yeah. I am. You I don't know if it's official. But Tyler like, is potentially going to the game on Sunday, so stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. For So for Thomas Quigley and Tyler Mooney, I'm Chris Hennessy. We will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.